0: you <laughs> Welcome to episode 20 of the Gather Moms podcast and we are here in our season of Mama and we I said it and I didn't sing it. Yes we that's because I told her word. before we started I said do not sing. Just before I press record so no promises <laughs> we'll just see how we can do. <laughs> uh, but we have loved Mama because we are taking moms from the Bible uh, that we've always seen as kind of like I don't know, cartoon coloring page characters. Yes. Or something that we see in our. Women that wear um, long pieces of fabric over right. their hair and body. Yes. And it feels often so unrelatable. You know, their stories may be fascinating, but it's kind of like, how does that apply to me? So we are taking those women off the pages of a children's Bible and we are putting them in our modern context. They're also in an adult Bible, too. Well, I know. <laughs> Are there pictures in your adult Bible? Don't you wish there were? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I totally wish there were. I'm like, why could this not be a magazine? Yes. Uh, But so I was picturing a children's Bible with, (laughs) so we're doing a little transport off those pages and into our modern context to see like, what would these moms be like today? And some of the moms we've done have been kind of obscure, you know? that's such a big word. Obscure. (laughs) You always use good words. You did the Syrophoenician woman yes I did every time I see her like mentioned somewhere Uh I'm so proud of myself (laughs) like I found her yes I did and you named her Sophie (laughs) I had to think about it I I saw that little hamster wheel spinning (laughs) it's like oh my gosh do I know the answer to this question I love that name too Sophie But she was kind of obscure. You know, we didn't know that much about her um, until, you know, we brought her into this modern context and looked deeply at her. Yes. Some of the women that we have done, the mamas have been a little bit more well-known, but then we've had a chance to like dig even deeper. Yes. And like, like reverse the script on them. Yes. You don't have to imagine her the way you were taught, like growing up. That's right. There actually is more to the story. More to the story. So the woman that we are going to talk about today um, is so well-known. She's not obscure The most well-known or the second most? most well-known? What would we guess? I don't know. I think she's the most well-known because even in the secular world, I feel like people know about her. I agree. I think, I think even if you know nothing about the Bible, if you've never studied the Bible, then you know this woman's name and you kind of have something in your mind about who she is, right? And what her story is about. For sure. I feel like they name products after her too. Yes. Right. Okay. So the mama, I wonder if the people, y'all gotta be guessing your mind right now, guessing your mind. (laughs) See so right, the mama that we are talking about today is named Eve.. Whoop, whoop. Okay, so tell me this when you think of don't try and like make this okay, spiritual or anything. but like as soon as you picture Eve, like what comes to your mind? Fig leaves. For sure, right leaves. <laughs> I feel like this is word association. Say something and I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> okay, do it again, Eve. <laughs> no, that, that, that is not That's the opposite of word association. <laughs> word association. you say the first word that comes to your mind. Okay, Eve after. let's try it again eve i don't know now i'm just just laughing okay i would think um okay for sure fig leaves yes that's that's again like taking us back to like the children's bible it is yes or she was always like appropriately hidden by a bush (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right? Do you remember, was it Gather, the yes. Gather event two years ago? Yes, This tell mama them. sent in the funniest thing. So her kid, was it on Netflix? Yes, it was on Netflix. So she felt like she was, you know, checking the good mom box because she found like these um, biblical stories on Netflix for yes. her kid to watch. And this one was about Adam and Eve. And so she turns on this little cartoon depiction and, you know, she's cleaning the kitchen and like, oh, I'm doing so good. My kid's learning the Bible while I'm cleaning the kitchen. And she looks over and on her screen is a full-on naked Adam and Eve with all their parts on display. <laughs> wasn't there, like I almost don't want to say it out loud, wasn't there hair involved? There was hair. <laughs> there was hair. There was a pin. There was There's a There's vij- a word that comes before that, but I cannot say no, that out loud. No, that word is the worst. It sounds like public school. <laughs> <laughs> that, and don't you hate the word moist? Oh, <laughs> but like all the parts on full display, and the mom was like, had "Okay, but a heart listen." Attack trying to I feel like screen. I did not understand parts until maybe oh, no. my senior year of high school. Yeah, no. So maybe it's good for our kids. Oh, for sure. And our American culture is so sterilized, you know, and so modest. We cover everything up. I mean, you go to Europe and you go to the beach for a minute and you bet to be like, oh, well, there's Adam and Eve. When you went to Greece, was it like that? Oh, man. I saw so many old men's bobos. No. Yes. And you're like, turn away. Yes. It's just like no big deal. There's so much. I feel like maybe this is just like over generalizing, but I felt like they were so much freer with their bodies than we are. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of liberating because I was like, you go. I mean, you I'm not did not it. like think to yourself, I should take off my clothes. Oh, now. no, certainly not. <laughs> certainly not. No, that did not cross my mind. But I did. Hey, think- you could have, though, because nobody knows you there. Like, you really could like be a totally different person and no one would know it. But I did think good for you. Like, I'm glad you feel comfortable enough in your skin just to be like out here, you know, but I'm not trying to If you had it. dropped 16 year old Rebecca on that beach. Oh, can you imagine the I bubble? Would have, would have I would have had popped. so much counseling in my life. Oh my <laughs> gosh. The bubble would have popped. You would have gone into a tailspin.
1: Oh, oh I can't even imagine. That's a whole
0: other episode. We can talk about that one day. All of us bubble grower uppers that then got married and got like thrown into the fire. Oh. like like from morning to night. Here you go. Yeah. No, I, listen, I think a lot of us, even if you weren't a bubble girl, if you were even a good little Christian girl, and it's like, this is bad, this is bad. Okay, now you're just supposed to just frolic in front of the hubs. <laughs> what in the world? I was like hanging out of the car door. Don't make me go. <laughs> Don't make me go. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we all know about Eve. You know, like we know about... we. You probably know the Garden of Eden. You know Eve. You know that she was the original woman, the OG. Oh, OG. She's the OG yes. mama. Okay? We're taking it back to the old school because I'm an old fool. Who's so cool? Is this the lyrics? Uh-huh. I don't even know this Do you song. you know what song that goes to? No, I have no idea. Well, there it is. Yep. I know that part. Yeah. I didn't know there were other words to that yep. song. Yep. So, she's- Which we listen to A Boy Named Sue. <laughs> yes. Isn't it the best song ever? It's not appropriate. Why not? Have you listened to it recently? No. (laughs) What's inappropriate about a boy named Sue? Listen, you're just going to have to do it. You're going to have to trust me on this because Greg and I did it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so. (gasps) (gasps) There's like one bad word. (laughs) When he meets his dad at the end. Okay. You're that, fine. That it was hilarious. It's like hilarious. Like the story that song tells is hilarious. What episode did we talk about that in? They're probably like, what are you talking about? Was it uh, mm. Lee and Rachel? It was Lee and Rachel. Lee yes. and Rachel. So I want to yes. say that was episode 18. 18, yeah, Okay. for sure. So So, there it is. Yeah, so there it is. We are here with Eve. Um, So her story is in the book of Genesis in the very beginning, right? God creates the first two humans, and um, they are male and female, and they live in perfection, right? They are in the Garden of Eden. It says um, that. Actually, if you study it, you learn that they were vegans, so they did not eat animals yet. <laughs> this is totally going to play into our modern woman, right? isn't it? Yeah, yes. it is. So they're, they're vegans because there's no, at this point, no animal blood has been shed. They don't eat meat. There's no enmity between... The animals don't kill each other either. I mean, I would imagine not. So the animals are vegan. Oh, <gasps> what? I mean, I guess so. Because basically in my research, you find when the first animal sacrifice is kind of at the end of their story, which I had never seen before. I thought that was really yes. interesting. No, but that's, I mean, that has to be true. Like if there's no animal blood spilt, then. Right. I, you have to believe they're all friends. Everybody's friends. They're all friends. I We're mean, she friends. talks you can't to eat a snake. Your no, she talks to a snake. So you have to know. Yes, like it makes me wonder. Like, did she like see a squirrel and like see a giraffe and be like, "What's up, Raffy? You know. Like, did they talk to each other? Did they talk to okay, the animals? Okay, but you're going to talk about this too. They didn't name things, or did they? Before Eve was created. Adam, yes. Okay, so there's actually, it's really interesting if you read the creation story, if you read Genesis 1 through 3, there are two different accounts of kind of the creation story. Yes. There's one that's more general that talks about how God made them male and female um, and then there's kind of a, a different account where it talks about how he had made Adam, and then he parades the animals in front of that's Adam. That's right, yes. And Adam names the animals. And it almost seems like God is helping Adam to see that he needs a partner and that none of these animals are going to do. Yes, for sure. And so that's when it tells us that he they put he puts Adam into a deep sleep, and from his rib he creates woman. Yes. And so then she's, she is called woman because she was created from man. Right. But they are both called man in a sense because at this point they are not the same but they are completely equals and they live in absolute bliss in this garden right Right. they want for nothing there's no headaches there's no fighting there's no cancer there's no financial stress right right he laughs at all of her jokes she doesn't gain weight oh my gosh there are no headaches done there's no (laughs) chores either right no chores Listen, it's absolute perfection. This is my dream day right here. Yes. Eat whatever I want and do whatever I want. Okay. So they're just like, it's complete bliss, right? Until this day when they are in the garden together and a serpent comes up. And he tries to tell, and we know that that serpent is actually Satan disguised. And this serpent tells Eve, um, he tries to get her to doubt God's goodness toward her. And God has told her to not eat from this one tree because then she will be like God, knowing good and evil. Um, But so the serpent works on her and she ends up believing it and she takes a bite. And then her husband also takes a bite. And when they do eat from this tree, then this is what we call um, in biblical terms, the fall of man, because now sin enters the world. Isn't it called The Original Sin, too? And it's The Original Sin. So we got the OG woman. We got the OG sin. Yes. We got the OG garden. Yes. Olive garden. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out Olive Garden. So you have this you have this horrible thing. We go from absolute bliss to absolute destruction and just, you know, the snap of a finger. Just the right. bite of what we picture as an apple, you know, in, in that moment just everything changes, right? Yes. Yes. And so where they had had this, the other part of this blissful experience they were in was that they lived in perfect unity with God. Right. They were like hanging with him. Hanging with him. He walked among them, right? And so when they eat, then they realize that they're naked. And they go and they hide, and God comes to walk among them. And surely He knows what they've already done. But of he course. Says, Where are you? And it's they totally say, a mom moment. Yes, it's like when you know what your kids done, but you're like, I'm just gonna act like I don't know what's going on. That's so good. That's exactly it. You know, why are you hiding? Is mm. what God says. How did know? this get here? <laughs> what? Yes, and they say, you know, well, we saw that we were naked, and He says, who tells you that you were naked? By the way, do you say naked or naked? Go put your clothes on because you're naked. Naked. I say naked. If I'm on a rant, I might say naked. Really? But I think generally I say naked. Naked. Yeah. Naked. That's redneck. It is very. It's very southern. Naked. Get naked. Mm. Mm, no, I think I, I say naked. Okay, when well you're the so proper, sophisticated. proper version. We don't say that a lot in our house, though. I'm just, I mean, being honest here, man. We go like to clothes. Yeah, go to Europe. We like the clothes. <laughs> so they realize that they're naked, and um, that's this moment where God confronts them with their sin, and then we have this curse um, that that is entered into in this world, and God curses, um, first he curses the serpent, and then he curses Eve, and then he curses Adam. And that's interesting because it's almost in reverse order of who came on the scene. That's so true. Because first you have the serpent, and then you have Eve, and then you have Adam. That's right. And here it's in reverse as Eve hands out the curse. And then he sends them out of the garden, and he sends um, this cherubim to guard it with this flaming sword so that nobody could come and eat from the tree of life. Uh, Because that was the other tree in the garden, that they would be able to live forever. Right. And so now they are sent out of perfection, and they have to go. And part of the curse is that they would have to toil the land and that they would struggle with the animals. The other part of the curse is that Eve is going to want to be in control over her husband. Right. And he is going to have to be part of that power struggle and be head over her. And she's going to have to have an epidural. (laughs) Pains in childbirth. Pains in childbirth. Yes. When she hadn't had a kid before this point? No. So it's kind of like, you kind of wish she did, because then you were like, she would have known. It was like, ooh, there's a baby. Yes. And then afterwards, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm having a baby. Yes. Well, and you wonder the timeline on this. You know, and it's funny too, when you read, there's just so much about this whole, the creation story and this whole first part and then how they create a people, you know, that you're like, okay, well, God truly just gave us the details we needed to know There has got to be more to this story. Yeah, for sure. He just gave us what we needed to know. That's right. So they leave the Garden of Eden and then they begin, you know, to start mankind, the two of them together as they start to procreate. Sounds like the beginning of a movie and now the beginning of mankind. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. And it tells us um, that Adam, okay, so listen, we've had all kinds of doing it words, (laughs) about to introduce another one well so in the niv in genesis 4 1 through 7 it tells us that adam made love to his wife in the niv it says that my kids are reading that in their bible (laughs) what okay at least it doesn't say he went into her but I thought it said he lay with her. Lay, knew. They whatever. don't know what that means. Okay, okay. But it says in um, Genesis four one through seven that Adam made love to his wife Eve. Okay, right before that, there's something that was very interesting. That uh, right as they are sent out of the garden and they're giving, they they've been given the curse and they're sent out of the garden. Then it tells us that Adam names his wife Eve, and this is the first time that we see Adam have authority over Eve. Leading up into that point, they were partners together, kind of on equal standing. And now, just as he had named all the animals, which showed he has he had authority over them, now he gives her the name Eve. I wonder how she felt about that, right? Which means mother of all living. I mean, it's a good name. It's a good name. What what did we say was not a good name? Wild cow. Wild cow. Wasn't that what it was? Yes. Yes. So hey, at least he chose one that's got a good meaning. At least he chose it. But gosh, don't you know that her little sinful heart, he names her and she's like, I know, it makes you wonder if she's like grateful or if she's "Mm," giving him a side eye. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to be real honest with you. I love Jesus a lot and I like to live by the spirit and read my Bible. But sometimes when my husband... Kind of wants to have wants control to name you. over a situation. <laughs> I don't take it super well all the time. You know, if I'm acting out of my maybe she nature. was like, "Hey, in a minute you're gonna get to name me. Here's two choices. <laughs> maybe she gave her opinion first. Oh my, that is the best. <laughs> case <laughs> What was the my other gosh? one? Yeah, me I don't know. Ramona. <laughs> Mara, because she could have been bitter, but that's we will take Eve, I like Eve, mother of all living. Yes. Yes, yes, he chose well. Good job, Adam. <laughs> Finally got something right. Um, and so, you know, one of the other things, before I get into this Genesis story, one of the other things I want to talk about are these myths about Eve. Because we've talked about some of the myths about the other women that we've talked about. Yes. You know, like Bathsheba. Right. If you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you go back. But I think one of the myths that we have about Eve growing up is the myth that she was a seductress. Oh, for sure. Right? Yes. It was all her fault. She caused this. If she hadn't sinned, then we wouldn't be in the predicament we're in today. It's like all the blame gets thrown right on her. Exactly. She was weak-willed. Yes. She, uh, you know, even that she took a bite and then she seduced Adam into taking a bite of this fruit. Right. You know? Right. Um, And you do not have to be doing that with a man. He'd be like, (laughs) i sure I'll take a bite. They don't even know if they like it. They take bites. Like yes, yes you, you just get a bite. hand them a piece of food. Yes, and they take a and bite. Eat it. No, that is for sure the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I just wanted to dispel that myth because that is not what the Bible says at all. No, not at all. The Bible does not point this as um, Eve being alone at all. It actually says that when she takes a bite, it says then she handed it to Adam who was with her. Right. Right. He was with her the whole time. Yes. Uh there's nothing that says that she went away from where she was and went toward him. There's nothing that says you know that she tried to lure him or anything. They were together in yeah. this whole experience. For sure. At any point he could have stepped in and said, "Hey, no, that's not what God said." Right. Right. But he was passive. Yes. Right? Oh, kind He was. <laughs> He was. Everybody take a breath. Everybody just take a breath. Well, and that's part of the reason for the curse that God gave. That's right. Right? Yes, because God could have just cursed Eve if it had been only her fault, but he didn't. He cursed all three people that were part of this story. That's right. And the curse fit the crime, right? That's right. Um, And so... He was with her this whole time. He could have stood up. He could have said, no, this isn't true. He could have said, no, we shouldn't do this. He could have challenged the serpent, but instead he was passive. He stood by, he watched it happen, and then he partook of it, right? So I think that there are people, you know, I was reading about this planning for this, and there were so many preachers of old, and even there are people today who would use this story to say that women are the weaker sex, that women are not Mm -hmm. to be trusted, that women cannot teach, that women, because, or that you should be afraid of women, or that they're seductresses, none of that is true based on this story. If you want to try and find that somewhere else in the Bible, good luck, but that is not true here. Well, and I think it's one of those things where sometimes when you grow up having heard a story all your life, you just assume that what you hear about it is true. Yeah. Until you really go back and read for yourself. Yes. And go, wait a second. That's not what the text says. Exactly. It does not say that. Exactly. So so they are sent out of the garden. And um, Adam names her Eve. Adam names her Eve. And so now we're going to start the part of their story where they had been in bliss and perfect unity before. Now they are going to be in struggle and division. And this, this situation of division and competition and wanting to be in control is then played out in the sons that they will have. Oh yes, Okay. Yes. So it says, um, then we find the first, you know, she becomes a mom, our first mama, the OG mama with no epidural. I mean, it's just straight up childbirth in a field, no doctors, no one to look at. And I think one of the things that comforted me in childbirth was knowing that billions or trillions of women before me had done this. Did she even know how the baby got out? I don't know. Maybe she didn't. The animals do it. Oh, I mean, I would Okay, know. I totally watched a video of a dog having puppies the okay. It was awesome because you're like, oh my gosh, that's what happened. Yeah. You're having yeah. a puppy. Yes. I don't know that she felt that way. No, but, but- I mean, can you imagine that that's happening to you? And if we question, are these contractions? Because <laughs> surely she's like, <laughs> like <laughs> the question on every pregnant woman's mind is it, what's the name of the fake one? Braxton Hicks. Is this Braxton Hicks or is it real? <laughs> She has no, she has no idea. precedent. There's nobody before her. Does she her even to know how long her. it takes to grow a baby? Why mean. she thought I'm going to be pregnant for five years? Exactly. And then what if she starts labor and she's like, dang, what if this happens for three days or four or five days? She or has no idea. Where I'm grunting and there's this pain. Listen, you she imagine? gets the trophy. Trophy Eve. Adam's probably <laughs> like, ugh. It's <laughs> her football game on. <laughs> No, I think men are totally okay with this, right? They, like, they like breed cows and sheep and stuff. I don't know. I so. think I think they get a little different when they see the woman that they love or their partner in pain. And they're like, I, I'm helpless. I don't know what to do. I want to fix it. You know, what are we supposed to I do here? I think they're more grossed out than wanting to fix anything. <laughs> oh, look away. Look away. <laughs> okay. So Adam made love to his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. So Cain is the very first boy born on earth, and she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. So that's why his name is I love that she says that. She gives a shout-out to God. She does. And later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, this is a quick story of what goes down, but, man, the dysfunction in families in the Bible starts at Early. The very- <laughs> yes, it does. Y'all all take take joy in knowing he was at you is not abnormal. Nope. no Nope, not the alone. Very first biblical family is highly dysfunctional. So it says, Now Abel, remember that's the second son, kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Okay, well that seems good, right? Yeah, For sure. Okay. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. So for whatever reason, it doesn't necessarily tell us, but God looks on the second brother, the younger brother's offering with favor, the one that had the meat and the blood sacrifice, okay? But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. So there's so much there. Oh, God, we could totally just, like, peel that back and right. just jump in. But we can see there's this competition between right, the brothers, right. right? the Cain feels like his younger brother is favored. And then the Lord says to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must roll over it. Okay, oh, that's like truth. Truth yeah, bomb. It's a truth, truth bomb. bomb. Oh, my gosh, I totally heard this joke the other day. Somebody go get the door. There's a truth bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's not right. You God just dropped right? a truth bomb. <laughs> Did you hear that from a kid? Did your teenage son say that to you? Oh, no. Okay. Probably from a Netflix show. (laughs) Okay, and then it says, now Cain said to his brother Abel, hey, buddy, let's go out to the field. That's my paraphrase. gosh. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Oh, I don't even know how you do that, Cain. It's like just you and him, right? I mean, rude. What? We are trying to start a nation, and you take 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 a guy out? Yes, come on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Abel, I just want to love you. I know, he's gone, yes. He's just like here one day and gone the next. I, yes, so God deals with Cain, he has a punishment for it. Um, Eve ends up having other children, and it's from her son, Seth, that actually the line of Jesus will come later, the And redemption. Seth was the third? I don't remember, don't ask me that, I don't oh, have sorry. that right in front of me. Sorry. I, she had... I up would say she we'll had like five or six sons. There's a whole list. That Listen, she, has. she had to have more than five or six sons. She is populating the entire earth. Yes. Why did she not have 50? Well, I'm sure there's a lot. I don't and that's why I'm saying some of these details in the creation it's story is like we need it's Like need to Yeah, god? Who was sitting at the Thanksgiving table? <laughs> okay? Was it 1 10 20? Well, 40? it's not able. I can tell you he did not make it to Thanksgiving. Oh I don't know. Oh my gosh. She really did. Like that's a lot of pressure. Y'all think about the pressure on Eve. Hi, you need to populate the earth. Go. Yes. I just I, I know well and then yeah, one of them is taken out. Okay, you know, it's just rough. Oh. But remember also that they lived hundreds. I think that Adam was That's I want right. to say that it said that Adam was 930 years old when he had maybe Seth. I don't remember. Y'all can go read your Bibles, Genesis 3 and 4. I love that. <laughs> hey, just go read your Bible, okay? It's in there. Um and so, you know, it's just this it's just this, I don't know, you kind of, it's this whiplash story because you start out in this beautiful situation and then, I mean, just with the bite of a piece of fruit, everything changes, right? Yes. And she becomes a mom for the first time outside of the garden in this much harder, much more difficult life. Yes. And she has these two sons and then she has more sons and she goes on and we're going to talk a little bit more about her story, but I want to bring her into modern context. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. All right. So, this, as with every one of them, it's challenging for sure to try and take these moms from the Bible and like put them into our context. It's like, man, there's not one shoe that just like fits perfectly, right? Oh, I, you just, like, building it up. I'm just, like, so ready okay. to hear what you got. Is this an OG? We got an OG? So, I have some ideas. Okay, and it's going to be a little bit of a mishmash. You're going to have to hang with me. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so I feel like there's this kind of, like, survival instinct, mm, this kind of, like, yes. embarking on a new adventure with these sons. So, the first mom that came to my mind was the mom from Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> yeah you did you said eve knows how to build a treat house she sure does because it's this kind of like survival listen thing. i love that though she has sons yes and she has to just had be like real practical and make it work yes very pragmatic survival. and they were friends with the animals yes, yes. exactly oh my goodness okay. all right does swiss family robinson lady have a name you know, all I ever saw is that they called her mother. You're right. They did call her because the dad always would say mother. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. That that is on our list of movies to watch on Disney plus with the fam. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yes. It's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So shout out y'all. Mamas go watch that with your families. Um, so Swiss Family Robinson. Yes. Okay. I also know that you are a huge fan of the show Survivor. I love it. Because I feel like this is like an episode of Survivor. Okay. Listen, Survivor's real sketchy. Is it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They're practically naked, which I guess that kind of fits me. Okay, it does fit. And they have to, like, sleep next to each other to keep each other warm. Yes. And they have to build, like, shelter. I know. Make but fire. But survival situation. I mean, this is the first time they are sent out of this, like, perfection situation. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned because I think I alluded to it. But the first animal sacrifice that is made is when God... He it, it alludes to that he must have killed an animal because he takes their furs yes. to make clothes that he gives to Adam and that's Eve. That's right. So yes. that's the first time an animal is killed as a sacrifice. Yes. Um, and then animal sacrifice begins as worship to God, right. you know, as right. a kind of you the see covering even, for sin. Yes. Yeah, even in Cain and Abel that right. begins, which is interesting. But, um, so right. They're having to make their own clothes. They're having to live off the land. They're having to survive the situation. Okay. This, there's one more mom that I think she reminds me of, but I know that you've never seen this show. So I kind of hesitated to bring it up, <laughs> but it is the most hilarious show and it's called fresh off the boat. Okay. I've seen the previews. Like I've seen the little, you know, when they show you the clip for the next show that's coming up. Yes. Okay. It is hilarious. Yes. And it's about this family in the nineties, um, that they come from China. And so they're new to the United States. That's why it's called fresh off the boat. They come over on the boat. Okay. And they come over to, um, they live in Florida. Excuse me. They live in Florida, and they they're fresh off the boat, and so she's she's a transplant. She's new to the area, and I mean her name is Jessica Wong, and she is a no nonsense mom. She has all boys, so she's a boy <gasps> all mom. Boys, yes. She's very practical. There are no frills, no fuss. Like, and she. One of the funny things about the show is that it plays on a lot of Chinese stereotypes. So, like, it plays on the Chinese stereotype of, like, she has high expectations for her children academically. You know, she wants, she calls one of her sons Dr. Lawyer, you know, because she expects (laughs) him. It's going to be one or the other. Take your pick. Yes. I'm going to start calling my kid Chick-fil-A. Yes. Okay. Chick-fil-A. There you go. Mm -hmm. Okay, just put it out there for him. Okay, so this, Minnie Vanished Bourbon, this is a, very practical mom, so she drives a minivan. Dude, she probably has a 15-passenger van. Yes. She having all them babies. The type of mom, she's practical mom. Yes. So we're not trying to do no. anything extravagant, crazy. No. Like, does that make sense? We're doing Mm-mm. it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Her most often worn article of clothing are jeans. Jeans are practical. <gasps> mom jeans. Mom jeans. Yes. yes. Shoes or no shoes in the house? No shoes in the house. Be serious. They didn't even have shoes you have to bring them into modern context you do this every episode i know but i'm just saying if they didn't have shoes back then that i see her as one of those moms that's like why do we even need shoes <laughs> like we don't even need shoes okay fine you can think what you want okay her go-to dinner is meat and potatoes yes because that's what you got yes you kill a cow and you grow a potato yes super practical okay next question beach or mountains I think, okay, because we think about this beach or mountains like if she wants to get away, I'm thinking. Because I'm thinking <laughs> she wants an escape. So I'm picturing her going to a cabin in the mountains. Yes. Because that feels much more practical than sitting by the beach with a pina colada or something. Like that feels too extravagant for this mom. No, for sure. Right? Yes. She's way too practical. Well, she's that. a boy mom. Right. So, I mean, I think boy moms like to go to the beach too, sure. but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm picturing her without all the children. And all their chaos, these brothers that have killed each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she could you know get go out to the mountains. Though that's kind of like what you see in those dark, scary movies. Like I go know, to the it cabin is. in the woods. Ooh, I know. <laughs> Maybe she okay, wants well, to go to the beach. Okay, well, well we'll let her pick. Eve, bless her, the mother of all living, she can pick where she wants to. Yeah, she can. She's the OG. You go wherever <laughs> you want, girl. She eating out at Olive Garden. Her mom' baggage <laughs> is shame. Yes. And you know, we haven't even just talked about that. Dang. Yes. You know, she carries with her this decision that she made and how it affects her for the rest of her life. Like, imagine living 900 years and having to carry that decision with you every day. Yes. That's a long time. But we also know moms, and I'm susceptible to that too of like, you know, you have a past mistake that just like wants to, you feel like it hangs over your head the rest of your life. No, I agree. It's like where they talk about, you know, you've got those memories. That'll just randomly pop into your head from yeah. something you did years ago. Yeah. You weren't even meaning to think about it, and it uh-huh. just comes back to haunt you, you know? Yes. Yes, I think so, too. Oh, I can just imagine. It just it just plays on yes. her, right? Um, I wonder I- if she kills a snake every time she sees it. Oh, can't you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be coming near me. I'm about to take your head off. <laughs> so she's a shotgun tote. <gasps> she is. That's yeah. what Swiss Family Robinson woman was, too. Man, yes. She can hold a gun. That's right. I feel like she did shoot something in the movie. Oh, I don't remember. I'm excited to, look, to yeah, go watch that to again. go watch it. Okay, the most important thing to this mom is success. So I believe that she wants her okay, because I think about Jessica Huang and Fresh Off the Boat. Yes. She wanted those boys to succeed. You know, yes. I think about um Swiss Family Robinson, you know, she wanted those people to succeed. Yes. But we're not talking here about this mom isn't like trying to get these people to be to read or to love each other or, <laughs> you know, these soft skills. This is about <laughs> you know, Dr. Lawyer, this is about creating a race of people. This is about, you know, success. Yes. And so she is more driven towards success. That's a very practical goal. Don't you think that goes along with shame too, that sometimes when you feel like you've done like this massive screw up, there you go, that you feel like the only way to right that wrong is to just not even just succeed, but like massively, like win, win it all. Yes. Yes. Yes, I'm going to make up for the bad choice that I made. Yes, for sure. So the thing that stood out to me from her story uh, that I really wanted us to talk about is that I think what the serpent was successful in doing was creating division. That he created, you know, there was this beautiful equal partnership between Adam and Eve. Well, and I never thought about that till you said that. Like, I had never imagined that before the fall, they really were equal. Yes. They were co-partners. They were ruling the land and they were overseeing the animals and they were enjoying God in relationship. That's right. And I never, when you said that, I never had considered that after the fall with the curse, it really did create this like hierarchy now where there was, they weren't co-equals. Like the man was over the woman. That's right. Yes. And so now you have this situation where there's division, there's a power struggle, right? And, um, then you see that play out in her first two children, you know, that that they have division, that there's a power struggle. Yes. And I think about, you know, if you are listening to this episode right now in the middle of the holiday season, I think that we are in a time when we could potentially start thinking about division and power struggles as we are getting ready to see extended family, when the stress For is sure. on. Um, I think you know, these COVID holidays are going to be especially interesting. I'm feeling a little bit more stressed, like concerning that too. And I think uh, what I want us to talk about is that we there's this division that the enemy has created here on earth between one human and another, whereas God had intended for people to be uh, mediators of the blessing over the earth, over people, over animals that they that we were supposed to enact God's blessing on the earth. Right now, we are mediators of the curse. Right, we are out here living in the curse of what Satan brought, and part of what we are living in is this divisive situation where we are at war with one another, and you see the other person as your competition or your enemy. And I think that we battle with. People where we really shouldn't. In truth, the people are not the enemy. But I want us to talk about three people that I, or three people groups, I think that we really battle with um, because of this division that was created at the fall. And the first person that I think that we battle with is our spouse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So for those of you that are single mamas or you are unmarried or, or widowed for whatever reason, you could probably just push skip on the next 30 seconds. Um, but I think there are a lot of moms that are listening to this who they see themselves pitted against their husband in their homes, right? Well, but you see that in the garden. I mean, that's the first relationship attacked is that when God comes to them and says, what did you do? Adam immediately points to Eve. Yes. And said she did it. Yes. So it's almost like the person that you are living in the closest relationship with, which is your spouse, is the first relationship to be attacked. Well, and you want to blame them for the things that are going wrong in your life. Yes. I mean, that happens to me all the time. I can be stressed about something and I will see Jeremy and I'm like, you aren't doing this and this right. And you aren't. And it really has nothing to do with him. Exactly, He is not really my enemy. He's not really who I'm upset with. Yes. But. He is the first thing I see, and so he's my scapegoat for what I'm going to blame my problem on, right? Well, and it kind of, I mean, it matches with Genesis, too. I mean, Adam probably got that question and, like, looked over and was like, well, (laughs) I mean, she right there. I could just blame her. Yeah, Yeah. It's kind of like us, too. Like you said, we get so caught up in whatever's happening in our life But the thing that gets the brunt of our feelings is whatever's right in front of us. Yes. And typically that ends up being our spouse. Yes. You know, they walk in at the wrong moment or they didn't do something that we like asked them to do. That's really not about that. But we just take out that anger, that frustration on them. Yes. You know, you had some great leftovers, and you put them in the fridge, and you come to eat your lunch, and your husband's sitting down eating your leftovers, and you're like, you know, the thing that crosses your mind is, you did this to me intentionally, you know? Yes. We do. We always assume the worst. You knew I wanted to eat that. You knew that I brought that home, because I loved it, and here you are eating it, you know? And, gosh, I mean, there are people who are evil in this world, okay, but by and large, (laughs) your man is not out to get you. No, he's not. Yeah. No, I agree, and I don't think like even when when it's turned around, and maybe my spouse is upset at me, uh-huh. right? Like maybe, and and oftentimes I think we see through that. Like I can see through and go, he's having a hard day. Or something at work is really stressing him out. And so I know that what he's doing, taking it out on me, is really from that. Yeah. But you're so affronted by it. Like, yes. you're so, like, uh. Yeah. That instead of reacting with grace or patience, man, I'm just going to come right back at ya. you. You want to talk about what went wrong today? I'm right. about to show you what went wrong today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we get defensive and we blame them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is so, what Eve did. She blamed the serpent. That's right. She did. She looked around. She was like, who's still here? Mm-hmm. You are. <laughs> It was this creepy thing. So we battle against our spouse. I think the other thing that the other people group that we battle against most often are our own children. For sure. I think we see ourselves in a war against them. Because for me, um, when this happens the most is when I have my own little peaceful life where I get to watch Netflix and eat what I want without them wanting a piece of it. And, you know, my life is easier. I go to bed when I want. I wake up when I want. And then I've got these kids who are trying to make my life hard. Yes. You know? And they always choose that one moment where you feel like you just finished this and you're about to have the peace and quiet. And then you're like, of all the times for you to need something, why is it right now when I'm about to have my time alone? Yes. And so we start to see them as like our enemy of them getting in the way of our good time. Yes. You know, or them getting in the way of us having a nice house. Yes. Or them getting in the way of us being able to have money to do this or that. Yes. You know, we start to see them as our enemy. I think the other just kind of big group, people group that is especially playing in right now is that we see the world, the people in the world, this other group as our enemy. So I think this plays out in our government. I think we dehumanize people in our government and think that there's like these evil people that are out to get us. For sure. I think that we think about the people in the COVID doctors and stuff, that they're just evil out planning to get us. Yes. Um, I think that we think about extended family members, you know, and we start creating these scenarios in our minds of, okay, I'm about to be at the Thanksgiving dinner table with them or at Christmas with them. And I know that they're going to do this or that to get me. Right. You right. know? Yes. That they are plotting against me. Yes and we see ourselves in competition with all these people traffic yes you know the yes. people on they the road. are in the way to make me late on purpose that's yes. right they are trying to cut yes. me off yes they're trying to Drive make me slow mad. like yes. what are you doing up there that's right you know and we just start we create all these scenarios where we we Pit these people as enemies against us. And that was exactly the goal that Satan had. He wanted to pit, pit us against God and against each other so That's that right. division was created. Yes. You know, but the Bible is so clear that our enemy is not flesh and blood. It tells us in Ephesians 6 12, it says exactly that. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against those people, your spouse, your kids, the people in the world. But against the rulers, against the authorities, and the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Amen. It's so true. We are all on the same team against a common enemy. You are on the same team with your spouse and your kids and your in-laws. We as humanity are here battling against the curse. We are here battling against the evil. We need to join together and realize that we are on the same team. That's right. Your husband is not trying to make your life harder. Your children are not trying to make your life harder. People in traffic are not trying to make your life harder. Stop, we have got to stop seeing them as our enemies yes. and realize that we are on the same team. That's right. You know? Well, and it changes the situation. When you're able to step back and see that there is something else at play here, you know? Yes. And someone is not necessarily being malicious or intentional, then it changes your reaction. It changes your perspective. It just changes your demeanor. Because I think when you, like, let's say you're stuck in traffic and you do get to something late. Instead of walking into that meeting mad at everybody in the room that honestly did nothing, you walk in going, you know what? It happens. Yes. Sometimes it just happens. Well, and the th- there is evil in this world and our enemy and the sin within us are at play that do evil things. You know, your child might say something mean to you. You know, your husband might wrong you. There might be someone in traffic who does something bad, but you guys, that's not about that human being. That's about the evil in the world. Right. And we are all on the same team trying to fight that evil. Right. So we have got to stop getting mad and Basically, I mean, with Cain and Abel, I mean, he killed him yes. because he was in competition with him. And God said to him, sin is crouching at your door. God knew it was the sin within him that was going to create that competitive nature right? and that he needed to be attacking the sin that was within him, not that other person. Yes. And so we all have to be going about getting after that sin, killing the serpent, seeing Satan at work in this world that is trying to divide us and pit us against one another so that we are fighting against the same enemy on the same team. Well, and I think, you know, what you're saying there is that instead of jumping to the next thing, anger, frustration, fighting back... We stop and we reorient ourselves with our Heavenly Father and yeah. say, Okay, remind me what's at play here. Yeah. Is this really about me and this other person or is this about what's happening in our world and this sin that's crouching at the door? Yeah. What choice can I make in this moment that's gonna be most honoring to you? Right. Help me to see human beings as human beings. Right. Not as, you know, help me to not dehumanize them as some person that's out to get me or here to make my life harder. Yes. Help me to see them as your image bearers. Yes. You know? Um, And, That's a beautiful part of just pulling us back to creation. You know, the beautiful, unique thing about creation, the only thing that God created that bears his image are you and me. That's right. Right? Yes. And we are the, that's Imago Dei. We are walking around image bearers of God, and we are on the same team. Yes. And we're so thankful to Eve and the way God used her to start that team um, and how she became the mother of all living. And I love that God can redeem a story. You know, he can take what was broken and he can use it to bring about, um, you know, he took that first sacrifice to cover them and then he brought about out of her line way, 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 yes, he brought Jesus who would be the ultimate sacrifice that would create a covering for our sins. That's right. You know, so that we could have a relationship with God. And so I just want to challenge us as we head into the end of the year and we are going to be in more stressful situations and we're going to be with people that we would ask God to give us eyes to help him see each other as image bearers and that we would remember that we're on the same team and that we would fight the common Enemy of evil and sin in the world, instead of each other. I love that. I love that it's such a great reminder. Right now, at this time in our lives, in our country, in our history, that really we are on this team fighting for God's glory. We're not fighting against each other. And everybody in the world's going to want to turn you against each other. Yes. I mean, that's just the that's the sin in our world. But we, as image bearers, can be different. That's we can good. act different, treat people different, see different. That's right. So moms, thank you so much for joining us. We absolutely love that you are here. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And remember that as soon as you finish up this episode, go ahead and leave a review. Every time that you leave a review, it helps other moms to be able to find our podcast. And we appreciate it so much. Thank you for taking the time to do that. And you can find Rebecca on Instagram at the Rebecca Bradford and me at Kate Henderson. We would love to just kind of do life with you over There on our social channels. We love you so much and we will talk to you next time. See you next time. Bye, Mom.